Magical customer experiences don't happen by accident. They happen through careful planning and meticulous design. Kevin and Debbie have been engineering extraordinary customer experiences for over 30 years. Join us as we explore corporate culture, branding, service excellence, and much more through storytelling, technical curiosity, and friendly conversation. The Disney way for the digital age will be revealed. Yeah, we have a theme song. Isn't that something? Look at that. That is amazing. So awesome. Good to see you again. Thanks for coming back. Hopefully our listeners have come back, but I'm so glad you came back. (laughs) (laughs) That's not guaranteed, right? Right. Well, you know what I used to say when I'd I'd release the guests for lunch and they'd come back after lunch, I'd say, thank you for coming back from lunch. You always know how things are going if no one comes back from lunch. (laughs) That's right. Especially delivering programs where they can sneak off to a theme park, right? <laughs> uh, that's right. Well, I remember having a breakfast at an associate a friend here that I still work with in Long Island. We had a breakfast in Animal Kingdom mm-hmm. one morning of Disney Institute. And right. I can't remember. In Harambe, I think it was. Yeah, it was Harambe Village. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Really cool. And then Uh you are lucky we came back because I was definitely wanted to just hop on the train and go out. (laughs) Go go on the safari ride. (laughs) Exactly. But I went back because the curriculum was so engaging. But welcome back. Um, So nice to be doing this with you again. So we promised folks that we would start to get into some nuts and bolts uh, about how to honestly assess their culture. Um, we look at it. We've, we've, Deb and I talked about the um, the three pillars that support great customer experience that you know you deliver once your culture's in place. So those three elements are brand, culture, and and technology. And I'm kind of the the brand guy in this this group. Um, you know, um, brand is the way that a name of a company and the service from the company and a logo of the company makes people feel right that's that's brand right it, it stays with you it's called brand like a brand you put on a cow it's like because that sticks with you if you've done it right right you it sticks with you so we're, we're always surprised that so many folks hadn't really talked about this more but our belief is that culture and brand are inextricably combined you, you, they just one supports the other so you know and that that's really the the crux of our book our book formally was called the culture of brand i think way way back mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it was. so that's brand and, and i'm going to turn it over to deb to, to talk about the second pillar of culture okay so we talked a lot we just kind of popped in with that word culture and it's surprising to me how often i work with even large companies and when i'm speaking with executives i will ask them to describe their corporate culture to me and they don't really have a clear idea of what that phrase means, but it's not as complex as it sounds. It, you know, the simplest definition of culture is all of the elements that simply describe or drive how you get business done in your organization. So just some examples of the things that make up uh, culture are How do you promote people into leadership? How do you choose leaders? How do you hire leaders? Um, How do you train them? How do they treat your employees? And what do you accept about how they treat your employees? Are they respectful and considerate or is it the my way or the highway Hmm. uh, attitude? It is about the employees themselves. How do you recruit and hire right fit? How do you train them, give them what they need so that they can deliver an exceptional experience? 
It's about your description of the customer experience and how you're going to make that happen. It's about how you decide what your policies and procedures are within the organization. That's all. If you have them, exactly. I mean, it's all part of of your culture. And there are many, many more examples. And every company, of course, is a little different. But that is the simple definition of culture. So, I mean, Kevin has a great example that has actually been recently in the news. And this very specifically relates <laughs> to culture. So, um, Kevin, I'm going to tell that story because it, it's a great example. Well, you know, there's so much consolidation going on in the world, especially in media and technology. So, you know, very recently, um, Discovery and Warner got together and somehow and Discovery is the the leading entity in that, which is interesting. And I won't share the creative uh, ways that folks have expressed their opinion about that. But there's some great articles if you'd like to read about it. But um, it's huge companies, both in their own right, gigantic companies. But Warner kind of acquiesced for one reason or another and said, you know, the Discovery leadership is going to take over. And I have the, uh, the, the insight of having a daughter that works over there and... Uh, it's been a challenge, right? So, uh, yes, these things are challenging. I've been through one or two myself, and I've actually advised other companies on how to make these work. But if you don't pay attention to culture and make decisions on what the right culture for the future of your company is, as, as you're going through this, you will have issues. So, hot topic for everybody, return to office, right? Will I ever return to office? Do I want to return to office? No, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I want to see people. I want to see, I want to get together with purpose, but I don't need to commute, you know, 10 times a week is which what I used to do. I used to hop on the train from Long Island and get into Manhattan and uh, love Manhattan, but I don't miss that commute. So they decided, my daughter had been with, uh, with Warner uh, for a long time, and pardon me, but as Debbie said, we're going to we're not going to sugarcoat anything, you know, so um, we're going to tell you it like it is, at least as we see it. Um, yeah, so, you know, Warner, as many big companies have been, they've been kicking that can down the road. Well, when you're coming back, oh, just keep doing what you're doing. We'll talk about it in four months. You know, two years later, that's still kind of the status quo. But honestly, no one's come up with no one's come up with the perfect answer. So anyway. Discovery, you know, the merger happens. Discovery gets everybody on a town hall and says, we're returning to work June 1st. Come on back to the office three days a week. And then big awkward pause. And (laughs) people are like, "Uh, is there a plan? Like, I had a desk there two years ago, and honestly, I'm not even in that department. I'm not even sure if I'm on that floor (laughs) in my new department, right? (laughs) Um, I've got kids... And for me to get childcare, I need to pay for five days childcare, right? And what about, you know, money doing this three? How am I going to offset you off for childcare? Again, long pause, no no plan. Um, there's going to be layoffs. Okay, are you, you know, so I'm going to move in the city and take on a, you know, probably $24,000, $26,000 a year lease, Right? I, am I going to do that, and are you going to lay me off in two weeks, or is this your your method? I, I honestly think that was their method of vetting uh, folks. You know, all right, well, whoever's not up for it, they can leave. And I, my first reaction was, you're using a single parameter to define who you want in your company. Meaning, I'll work on site or I won't. That's just insane. And there was that to me. There's no planning, right? No grand planning. 
But anyway, um, and <laughs> long story short, it has this tie back to culture that is just going to destroy the culture. So I know the folks at Warner and and I should say I know some employees over at Warner and they're just scared to death that their the culture is just going to crash and burn because it doesn't seem to be a plan. The plan does not seem to be people focused, right? Come back because it's June 1st, because <laughs> we've yeah. got office space and I want you here terrible reason, right? Look, it's hard. It's not, there's no easy answer. I don't say there's a right way or wrong way. I think it's innovation happens when people are together for sure. You know, accidental innovation, especially, which is some of the best kind of innovation. So that's my kind of topical story about um, how, if you don't watch culture, it just happens and can really take a dive without you really realizing it's happening. And, and you know, and that kind of uh, edict is, in my mind, as I see it, a clear representation of the culture. So there's two cultures now that have come together, and this is one of the toughest things to do. And I've helped organizations to do this to who have taken on another company, absorbed another company, merged with another company, and then to take two cultures and make them one. <laughs> but the message that they're sending very clearly to the employees is, we have a culture now that does not engage our employees, that executives are making decisions. They're right. not thinking things through. They're not considering uh, the impact to the employee and may or may not care. Um, so that represents a certain kind of culture, not necessarily a good culture, but it's still <laughs> right. a culture. I mean, culture comes in, in many different disguises and it, some are good and some are not good. And um, so yeah. it very dramatically represents a culture of that organization that may not be yeah. very positive and and they'll lose potentially lose good people over it oh they're gonna know? lose the prediction is they'll lose 20 percent to to 25 percent yeah. and i think that's and the sad thing is they're not going to lose folks that didn't like the company you know oh no that never happened my daughter loves working where she loves the company loves the work mm -hmm. she loves the people but if she's forced to leave, it'll be because she doesn't want to commute. And she doesn't want to pay, you know, uh, $2,000 sure. a month for, for yeah. uh, a lease. So, you know, that, that's just a great example of lack of planning and everything should be designed. Everything in your business should have a design plan. You know, people think of design. I, I love that word. You know, we, we call ourselves cultural engineers sometimes because, you know, mm -hmm. engineers design things, right? So we help people design what the optimal culture is to deliver on a brand experience, to retain people, and to gain and retain customers. So mm -hmm. I want to come back because I want to get to technology, our third pillar. But I want to yes. come back to, you, you talked a little bit about asking the employees what they think, which is something that didn't go on for a lot of years. But there's a couple of great stories you, stole, you told at the uh, Institute. But anyway, third pillar is technology, right? Mm -hmm. So... It is not new, but it seems new to many companies. I just talked to somebody that said um, they're working at a company that's got a, just got a job at a company and they have everything on paper. And you, I think you've seen these at, at, at maybe contractors and doctor's offices with those masses and masses of colored tab folders. It's <laughs> like you're not serving anybody well by overlooking technology, right? It's like, you know. Let's use the doctor example. If your information's online, like the greatest experience I had recently is when I went to the doctor that was in a consolidated group that shared records. They didn't have to like, oh, did you have an x-ray? And can you ask him to, no, it's right in the portal. 
So <laughs> this idea that technology can enhance your brand, save you tons of money, and deliver a much more rewarding experience for your team. Right? Who wants to go sorting through papers when they could hit control F, find what they need, and move mm -hmm. on with doing something more substantive, right? So mm -hmm. um, the Disney example I gave is, you know, well, you used to have somebody standing on Main Street with a map and the show times, right? And that was printed in the morning. And if something changed, it was still printed the way it was printed, right? So <laughs> somebody can, comes up and says, you know, what time is the what time is the three o'clock parade? Um <laughs> But anyway, you can't you can't say, hey, stupid, it's three o'clock. You say, oh, you know, you show up about 2.30, get a spot. And if you sit in front of the, the barbershop, they have the air conditioning blasting. You can get a nice cold blast of air. That's a good answer. But anyway, I've digressed. <laughs> the person could be standing on Main Street with an iPad and they can say, you know what? There's there's a, there's a reservation system now and it's uh, I can get you a spot right here and I'm going to book you right now. And um, they're probably running about 15 minutes late. But if you show up and you're booked, right? So the idea of using technology to enhance your guest experience, your customer experience, is not something new, but it is something that is still sorely overlooked. And there's so many creative ways, uh, you know, take it to the nth degree, uh, like we do with uh, brands mm -hmm. like Hard Rock. And, you know, we've got a uh, personified chatbot that is, you know, personified as a 30-year-old tattooed girl who knows the best place to get a burger and the password for the speakeasy down the street. So, you know, there's so much creativity that you could do when it comes to the new technology when running your business. And if I could just jump in and say there is so much technology, and I think I barely touched on it in the first, I think it's very, very important as part of your brand identity with your, your guests is to understand how much technology you really need. Right. Uh, and Disney's gone way out on the technology piece. Is it good? Is it not good? Is it too difficult? It, uh, you know, I don't know. I think the yeah. the answer remains to be seen. Um, does it exclude some groups of people or not? I think it's a question to be answered after a little more time. But that's an important piece because sure. things that make customers unhappy erodes your brand. Right. So if technology makes them happy, oh my gosh, this is great. It's it's so much quicker and easier now to do this with you people. It will enhance your brand. Oh my gosh, you've made this so much more difficult. Uh, I can't get in to do anything with you people. Well, yeah. that erodes your brand. So I think, so there's a lot of really fine lines to consider here. That um, is for sure. And you uh, mentioned, uh, you know, this is for another episode, but the idea that, you know, we both kind of feel that Disney's in danger of becoming an elite brand. And I think you you definitely said it better than me because I can't remember, but Walt said, I want this to be for everybody. I want everybody right. to be. And that right. is certainly not the experience. So, you know, that's something we'll yeah. certainly talk about down the road. Right. So you got to monitor your audience, always have an acute awareness of who your audience is, what emotions you want them to experience and how to, you know, figure out how to make them happy and, and loyal customers yeah. for life. So, but. Back to turning inward and uh -huh. six questions to honestly assess your culture, right? So now we're getting yeah. some meat, meat and potatoes and we're going to put this stuff, you know, anything you hear like this is going to be up on our website, DisneyWayDigital.com. So right. um, go ahead, Deb, let's uh, take it away. So we want to start giving you some structure and 
there's really quite a lot to this. I'll try to give a couple of quick examples. But there are six basic questions. You know, if you remember correctly, when we um, finished up with the first episode, we said the very best companies assess their culture regularly. Well, uh, how do you do that? I, not everybody understands, you know, how, how in the world do I assess my culture? Where there's six key questions that you can ask yourselves better yet do it with a group of people i am a big fan of asking certain questions with some employees in the room some some supervisors in the room some managers in the room executives in the room so that you get the true scope of of the answers for these questions so the first one is who are we today you know, who are core customers? How do we deliver? Uh, if you're Disney, you would say, how do we deliver on the magic today? How do we hire leaders? How do we hold them accountable? I mean, all those, who are we today? Really pick apart how it is that you do business and ask yourself, um, you know, how do we do this? But after you've identified who you are, and what those elements of your culture look like, you have to ask yourself, what's working right now? And the second question is, what's not working or what are we missing? So if you clearly outline who are we today, and you list as many cultural elements as you can think of, uh, is our hiring process working? Is our vetting process working? Mm. Is our training process working? If not, you put it over to the side under not working and you right. can create a plan on how to address that. What will it take to move us forward? So once you figure out what's working and what's not working, are there new elements you need to put in place? Are there things you need to stop doing? And, and how do you get those answers? Do you ask employees? Do you ask your managers and your supervisors? So what will it take to move you forward? You might even ask your customers. You might do roundtables with customers. Hey, is there anything we're doing that's frustrating the daylights out of you or might make you leave? Right. I have we done ask, that for companies. Ask all the above, right? All the above. <laughs> I've done that where I've done work with companies where I have um, held roundtables or interview sessions with their customers and said, is there anything that's got you on the brink of leaving, defecting yeah. from this company? If you don't ask the tough questions, you don't get the right answers. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do we understand our core customers, the demographics, mm. their physical and their emotional needs? This kind of ties back to what Kevin and I were just talking about. Um, has Disney put themselves in a position with all of this technology and requiring reservations? And, I, and it's, it's not an easy process to plow through. Have they put themselves in a position where only certain people can make this work for them and, and make it work? And they've always been very good about this, so I have no doubt they'll do it eventually, is ask the customers, um, is it working, is it not working, and identify who today are our core customers so right. that you can be sure you've got processes in place to take care of them. And where does technology fit with your culture? And this kind of, we've said this a couple of times, how much technology, what kind of technology. If you're a small company, and I've, I've worked with a lot of small companies, you chatbots, a, a really great chatbot might be all you need for right now where a customer can, for simple questions can get the answers quickly and move on, but it gives yeah. them the option to talk to a live person if they need to. 
that might be all that they need. It might be an enhanced website. So where does technology fit in with your culture? How does it fit into your culture? How does it fit into delivering an exceptional experience to your customer? So you really have to identify what that level of technology uh, looks like. Yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, I'm going to jump in and yeah, let let's introduce the idea of internal external customer because you said delivering exceptional exceptional experience to your customer. Now, mm-hmm. when we often talk about the concept of internal customer and external customer, obviously our external customers are the customers we're typical we typically think about, right? And that's easy, but yeah. the idea of this internal customer is the different uh, stakeholders within your company, right? Your employees, your managers, your executives, um, and mm-hmm. You know, an example, so I came from the agency world and I was recently at an agency conference and um, technology can be tough. So I had heard two or three stories about technology migration for their uh, agency management systems. So disruptive, so difficult. But, and and that's something you have to take um, into consideration for your internal customers. It's going to be frustrating as hell for your, for your employees and for your managers mm-hmm. and in this case, your your accounting department, because this new system integrates time cards and, and accounting. And but if you've carefully thought this through, on the other side of this, um, which hopefully is you know a couple of months at most, sometimes you see this roll out six months. Everything you're delivering a much better experience for your internal customers. Everyone internally um, can work more efficiently. Uh, much more optimized. And thus, now you're del- you have an opportunity to deliver better experience for your external customers. So just yeah. wanted to throw that in there. And that concept will come up more than once for sure. That is, that's a great concept. And uh, I can give a real quick example. Uh, many years ago, Disney was was actually putting some technology in place to assist the cast members with getting internal information that they needed. So, for example, if they needed to know how many vacation hours do I have left for the rest of the year? I want to plan to bring my family into the park. Are there any blackout dates? You know, I want to make those plans. They would go to the personnel office in their area and stand in line. And that person would pull out paper copies. Oh, okay, here's how many vacation hours you have left. So Disney put technology in place that the Disney, the cast member portals, if you will. And surprisingly, the company was very surprised by this. After speaking to many, many cast members and putting it out on surveys, they discovered that a lot of cast members, now you're talking back in those days, there was probably 55,000 plus, it's closer to 70 plus now. A lot of the cast members did not have computers at home, Mm, or if they had computers, they couldn't afford internet service, so they didn't have internet or didn't understand internet. Uh, So what they did was in, in backstage areas, in every single area, in the tunnels, in the backstage areas of all the hotels, backstage areas of all the theme parks, they put kiosks up where a cast member could go there and in complete privacy with their own portal ID, sign in and could look up all the information that they needed quickly and easily. And those at home with computers and internet service, of course, could do it at their leisure at home. And the cast members loved it because they were, they, when you're on lunch and you're standing in line at the personnel office, trying to get information, you may not get time to eat before you have to go back. Exactly. right? Right. 
So it was a great example of how they used technology in all the right ways, but had to discover what was going to work best for the cast members as well. Well, that's um, a great example. If we circle back to how you started about Disney uh, integrating technology today and mm-hmm. access, right? So yes. you have to consider access. Is this yes. something that your audience has access to? At that time, the internal customer, you're saying, yeah, not everybody. So right. they came up with a solution, right? They they right. recognized the problem and they said, let's come up with a solution. And that's that's one of our favorite things, right? Right. Bring challenges. Come on, tell us, give us a problem. We'll figure it out. <laughs> and I, honestly, that is one of the things that still, you know, gets me out of bed every day is helping businesses <laughs> answer those big questions, which are sometimes, you know, uh, little challenges that can have uh, big consequences. So, yeah. Um, and, and here we are again so quickly uh, at the end of our second episode. Um, so much more to talk about. Um, and, you know, like I said, you can go to uh, DisneyWayDigital.com. We'll post these questions. We'll, we'll eventually start getting some worksheets and things that you could do on your own. But um, the last thing I'll leave you with is, you know, the funniest thing that happens, and Deb, I think it happens almost every time. So our first part of our process is we'll go in with the executive team and talk about these questions. Jack, who are, who are we today, right? You know, around the table, invariably, you've got like five or six different answers. We're a sales organization. Now we're product development. Now we're, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're about delivering, you know, great customer experience, you know, there. So our first thing is usually getting leadership aligned. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and that's Not something. only getting leadership aligned, but getting them on board with the concept of the possibility oh, yeah. that they may have to make some change. Right. Especially executive leadership. It, you know, if it doesn't happen, it, it is not going to happen. You know what I mean? We've always done it that way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's the yeah. worst answer. Why I'm too busy. I haven't got time for this. Uh, yeah. We've never had to do it this way before. Uh, you know, we've heard it all. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, so much more to talk about, including the last three questions of the six questions you should be asking yourself about your culture. More on that next episode. We hope you all tune in. Deb, I hope you show up. I'm probably going to show up. So I uh, probably will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, everyone. We will see you next time. And like we said, you can get all our information. You can reach out. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, go to DisneyWayDigital.com and we look forward to hearing from you. See you next time. Thank you. You've been listening to The Disney Way for the Digital Age. Our producer and engineer is Stephen Byram, show coordinator Taryn Pretrehan, and voiceover by Cindy Clifford. Kevin and Debbie can be reached for free advice or paid consulting at kevin at disneywaydigital.com or debbie at disneywaydigital.com. A new episode is released each Tuesday morning. We hope you continue to listen. Listen.